short. <laughs> I didn't know that before, but at my team meeting on Wednesday, they said, you're short, and you need to stand on the stage. I'm like, well, I, I don't want to stand on the stage. I want to stand down here. Because <laughs> then I can feel like I can connect. But since I'm teaching on grow up, <laughs> I'll stand up here because I can adjust and change. Oops. Yeah, oops. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, Pastor Joel and Jamie are in BC. And I got a text from them this morning, and they said, thanks, team, for being here and doing and filling in while we're gone. And just go for it, and we're thankful for you. And by the way, it, there's no snow here. <laughs> to which I did not respond. Because <laughs> then I'd have to grow up. <laughs> Um, I love this series. You know, the older I get, the more I tell myself, okay, Sheila, you got to grow up. I feel like I've been saying that for years. And um, it doesn't matter what age you are, what place you are in life, you can grow up. And I love the scripture, and we're going to go over it again. The one first... Uh, and thank you to the sound team and to the media people because they put all this stuff on the screen and I'm not, I don't do this every day so then, you know, I didn't even know what, I don't even know what order I want it to be in. I don't, <laughs> I said I may or may not use this and you know what they said, they said it's okay. You know, if one thing that I thought when I came here today is the kindness that is in our church. Like, when Jeremy Pearson came, he said, There's, I, he, he's been teaching a lot, he had been teaching a lot in different churches about the kindness of God. He said, but you guys, I feel like you've got that. You're kind. And in, in a home, you know, like if you have company, you're always very diligent to be kind to the guests. You know, you might, I remember reading in a marriage book once where it said, you know, just because you have guests, you can offer them coffee. Don't forget about your husband and don't ever become lackadaisical in remembering who he is. So like offering them coffee as well. So, you know, you, you, we, it's in our minds to be very kind and welcoming to the new people that would be coming through the doors. But it just really says something about a family and the level of maturity that we're at as a family when you can be kind to one another. When you know who you are and you've worked together for a long time and you're still kind. When at the moment I came in the door, I had people helping me to how to put this on and telling me, you know, like we're behind you, we're for you. It's just so kind. And that's who God is. So if we can allow God to be that through us, then, then we've grown up a little. That's, that's pretty good. So I wanted to go over that scripture again that Pastor Joel started with, and I want to just chat for a few minutes about what this maturity looks like. And if you can pull up that one Javen from Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 14, these are, this is the foundation ones that he's been using. 
It's, the, it's been his launching pad, and I'm going to launch from the same place, I think. Well, you, you guys have Bibles or phones or something anyways. I don't know how that thing works. I forgot to find that out, so I'm just going to read it here. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Their responsibility is to equip. Big word. Their responsibility is to equip, empower, and make ready God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. It's not their responsibility to build up and do the work. It's our responsibility. They're doing the equipping of all of us so that we can build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be, and there's that word, mature. In the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then, now there's a destination in mind here. Then we will no longer be immature like children. So, We don't want to be acting like babies. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. So a mature person is steady and stable. That's what it sounds like to me. And it sounds like a destination, and it sounds like the plan of God, and it sounds like the will of God, that that's what he wants us to do is grow up. Would you agree? Would you think, okay... Part of God's will, you could actually say, I found, found part of God's will today. And what is that that you found? You need to grow up. So in my mind, I'm a very, very, very practical person. I'm always looking for, okay, so now I have to grow up. What does that look like? What does that look like? What does a grown-up Christian look like? Is that just one who who just knows a lot, like could quote scriptures, knows a lot of Bible verses. Is, is that mature? Is it somebody who's old? I mean, and we know, we know these things, what they're not, and we've been talking about, oh, Pastor Joel's doing such a good job. I love it because he has a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby. How picturesque is that of growing up? all the phases of running after a little kid and all the phases of them being on the playground or learning how to share. No, it's mine, mine. You know, and we, when we laugh at that, but then when you look at this scripture, the one that says um, this, this will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. So when we look at that word mature and that's our destination, then that becomes our roadmap. You know, if you're planning a holiday, there's nothing like planning a holiday to get you organized. You've got to get all your bills paid. Lawrence and I went away for a whole month one time to Scotland, and, that, and having that deadline just made me move, get everything done, everything in place. Uh, you know, sometimes you can just go day by day and think, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But when you plan the fact that you're leaving and you've got to be on a plane, there's a deadline, you get everything in order. Well, if you're driving and you have a destination, 
it's really nice to just know where you're heading to instead of just getting in the car and just driving anywhere. So if you know where you're going, then maybe you could develop a plan. Maturity is the destination. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what stage you're at, maturity is your destination according to this scripture. So I would look at this, and that's what I did, because even when Pastor Joel's preaching, I'm thinking, you know, there's some areas that I think, okay, I've developed some level of maturity, and then there's other, other areas where I would have to say, Sheila, you better grow up. So the destination in my life is maturity. Well, I've, I've done some thinking about this now, and I thought, okay, well, what is immaturity? So I want to draw three scriptures this morning, and then I, I just kind of want to talk about them all in the, same, in the same area. So the other one that I would like to go to is Hebrews 6.1. Now in Hebrews, this, the writer is writing to the Jewish Christians who were tempted to revert to Judaism. You know, whenever change comes to you and you get uncomfortable... And I like, the, I, I like being a little bit uncomfortable, not too much uncomfortable. I like being a little bit uncomfortable, kind of all the time. But when you get uncomfortable, you can get really nervous in that place, and you just want to go back to what was easy. And that, I think, must have been the case for them, because the writer writes to them, and he says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Now that's a quite something. It says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature. There's that word again, and actually it's the same word. Let's, let's grow up. So what is he saying here? You don't need to hear about Jesus over and over again. And repenting from dead works. So this tells me that something's been done about my dead works. And you and I know if we're born again that Jesus died for us, paid a price for us, that all of our works, all of our sins, everything was paid for. However... There's this really interesting component of our brain, and it kind of goes like this. Okay, Jesus died for me. My sin is forgiven. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm born again. Now, I think I'll start working to earn God's love. I think I'll start working to earn his approval. I think I'll start reading my Bible enough that maybe I'll get to a place that I could be healed. Does it sound odd to you? Yeah, like, but why do, I don't know about you, but I actually did that. I got born again, and then from every, I don't know, I thought God loved me so much. He loved me so much and just wanted me and wanted me and just brought me into his kingdom and saved me because he loved me and I didn't have to earn it anymore and all those works and all those sins were just gone and I felt so free and I lifted my hands in the air and then all of a sudden, from the, moment, the next day almost, I wake up and think, well, now he doesn't love me anymore. I need to earn it. And we, and we can surprisingly think that way in our lives, and we pretend that we don't, but sometimes we do, and we'll sign up to do things because we think we have to. 
you know, we will be judged by what we do on earth. Our works will be judged. But it won't be based on the fact of what we have to do to earn his love because that is self-righteousness and you're never flat out going to be good enough ever. (laughs) Not ever. I don't care how old you get, you'll just never be that good. So you could almost think, well, then why bother? (laughs) But then again, if you have someone who loves you that much and accepts you that much, oh, when I find out how much I've been forgiven of and how much I know who I am, who I am, and I think, wow, you love me that much? I just kind of want to help build and grow up because, well, that is the will of God. So what this Hebrew writer is saying, the book of Hebrews is saying, you're born again and your very foundation, the very, very foundational thing of what you're going to build your faith on and how you're going to become mature day after day after day is built on the fact that you don't earn it. You can't do enough. So every time your brain thinks that way, you're going to have to remind yourself, okay, if you think you can or can't do something, it isn't going to be based on your impressiveness. It's going to be based on his goodness. So when he asks you to do something, you're going to have to obey him and do it, but it's not, you're not going to have to ever be alone. I don't know about you, but that's a relief to me. When I think about having to do things <laughs> like this, I just think, I thank God that I'm not alone. So then the third scripture that I would like to go to is Romans 12, verse 2. And this is kind of a really well-known portion of scripture. But I saw it in a whole new light since Pastor Joel's been teaching this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you. So you're not supposed to be like the world. You're supposed to be transformed into a new person. By how? By changing the way you think. Interesting statement. Now, by changing the way you think, then he goes to the very next sentence, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That word perfect that you see up there, the very end, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. In other words, you're going to become someone different now. You're not going to be the same person anymore, but you're going to have to let God transform you into a new person. You're not having to do it by yourself, but you're going to have to change the way you think. Then, when you change the way you think, then, then, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That word perfect is the same word translated mature in Ephesians 4. It's exactly the same word. So in other words, there is a destination in God that you need to find that is an actual 
be uh, doing. You know, like, okay, so, 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 so am I called to the ministry? Am I called to, you know, do something else in life? Am I called to work here? And I hear it all the time. I, I, you know, over the years I've heard it. I just don't know what God wants me to do. I, I don't know what God wants me to do. And even if, even if what they're doing right at the moment is really cool and fun, it's always like it's off in the distance, that elusive will of God. Do you, do you feel that way sometimes? Like, I, I don't know, Lord, is this all there is? Well, there is a place of a position, but there's also by this scripture, a place in God of maturity that is the will of God. We saw in Ephesians 4 that to become mature is the will of God, so we know we're all supposed to grow up. And if you want to know the perfect will of God and get into that place of that maturity, you're going to have to grow up. So in my mind, I could sort of make a statement like this and and actually be accurate. You're not going to ever get there until you completely grow up. And then when you get there, you're never going to really be completely grown up. <laughs> because there'll always be more. And because God is kind and good and he's paid for everything already, there is a sense of the whole destination being the will of God. If being the will of God is for you to get born again and you got born again today, then you would be in the will of God. And if you begin to do the first step that God assigned to you, then that first step would be the will of God. (laughs) When I got born again, I knew, and I'm not sure how I knew, other than it has to be the Holy Spirit, that I would go to Bible school one day and that I would work in a church. Like, who who gets born again? And, And I mean, I didn't even go to church. I got born again... When I was in grade 11, and I thought, I, need, I, I, will, I want to work inside of a church. Thought, okay. <laughs> but I didn't do that. I was in high school. I didn't do that the next day. So that's the destination. And at the destination, I didn't even know what that completely looked like. I didn't know that it looked like this. Well, I mean, there's a variety of things you could do inside the church and not be the, be the destination. I didn't know. I just had a glimpse. And sometimes I think that God gives us those pictures and images on the inside of us to keep us moving in the right direction. But you don't, you don't ever get the, the second step if you're not going to do the first step. You wouldn't need any faith. It's when you learn to walk along this step really well and get really mature on this step, you know, and doing all the things, the faithfulness, I guess we could say the boring things. <laughs> The consistency, developing integrity, working a little bit on your character, your honesty, all those things that are hard work. Being honest with yourself, just walking along that step and walking along that step because that is the will of God, maturity, we've agreed, all of us. I saw you, you all shook your head. That is the will of God. So... I guess here would be the will of God in that sense. I think we're too hard on ourselves sometimes about being all that when we could just really be diligent right here and be really, really good right here 
and, and that's why, like, Pastor Joel makes jokes to me sometimes because that is my favorite saying, all growth happens outside of your comfort zone. Because if you want to get to the second step, you actually have to move off of the second step. See how tricky that was? <laughs> you have to actually, like, move. And now I'm not familiar with this step, and there's some new things here. I just think I'll go back down here because I've got that one all figured out. I've got it in a little square, and I know what's expected of me here, and I know what they'll ask of me here, and I can sort of coast here, and I can get really comfortable here, and I can just stay in my little box. You know, and there's also a, a part of that you don't want to make yourself so uncomfortable that you actually bury yourself. You know what I mean? I have this example, and I asked Adam if I could talk about him. <laughs> he said it was okay. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. But <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> when Adam went to out of grade 6 into grade 7, it was a big transition for all of those boys. They were, there was about 26 in his class, only six of them were girls, 20 boys. And every recess, they, they just went 100 miles an hour. They played soccer, and they had nice long recesses and their noon hour, and they got rid of all that energy. And every teacher says, oh, thank God. <laughs> and they just, because 20 boys, right? And they had a lot of fun. So they were used to that. They moved to junior high. They went to Camille. And they, they just went from class to class. They didn't have recess. They had a different system of, of where they kept their stuff. Uh, everything wasn't organized, and they didn't have breaks. And everything changed. It was a lot of change for a little guy. And I got a call one day. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> So I got a call one day, and he, he was devastated. He, like, he was, they've taken away the recess, and we can't play soccer, and I can't find my stuff, and I forgot my lunch. And he was, like, way up here. So I said, okay, 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 it's okay. So I ran down the lunch, and I, I don't know if I picked him up. I, the, some of the details are gone for me, but I know that night I put him in the car, and we drove over to Walmart. And we bought some organizers. We got some shelf inserts and different things to help him organize his locker. And so I went back to the school and did that and helped him. And I made sure that for a few days, you know, like, don't forget your lunch. Don't forget your lunch. Okay. So we got in that routine. I had to help him. That was a big adjustment. We move from transition to transition in real life. Sometimes you lose a spouse. Sometimes you lose a child. Sometimes you lose a mother or a father. Everything changes. Your kids might be um, in different places and not doing what you want. Like we're, we're in transition. Sometimes your kids leave home and you're adjusting to that. And you don't need to bury yourself or beat yourself up. You can actually say that's okay. But you can't stay there. You can't stay there. A month went by. I got another call. I forgot my lunch. I said, too bad. <laughs> well, do you remember that? No. You know, and 
always wants to rescue. You know, as part of my personality, maybe it's part of the mother role, I don't know. But I'm married to Lawrence and says, oh, forget it. So I had the Holy Spirit and my husband <laughs> to help me to keep steady. You know, there's some times where you need to allow yourself to get out of your comfort zone and out of your routine and face some things about yourself, but not bury yourself. Because God is good and you're still in the will of God. So we got all three of these scriptures. And I just kind of wanted to do a bit of a demo about the will of God in a second. But I just want to talk about this word, renewing your mind. Because he said, you're going to pr prove all of these things by you changing the way you think. And you need to be able to understand why you think the way you do. Some of it will just be based in things that you grew up with. Some of it will be based in things that you have heard people say about God. Like if you've been told that he's not good, then maybe you live your life pretending because you don't want something bad to happen to you. You know, like you have to think about why you think the way you do, and this has to become the standard of how you think. So he said, if you want to know my will for your life, and you want to understand and become mature, you need to know how I think. I actually don't think like the world. Is that, can you put that scripture back up there, Javen, that one from Romans? Don't copy the <laughs> don't copy don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But don't live like them. Because now you've been born again and you need to live like how my word says. And in order to live how my word says, you're actually gonna have to know what it says. You're gonna have to read it, you're gonna have to listen to it, you're gonna have to see different on the inside of you. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But that word transform, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, is actually like a renovation. It's like you're always under renovation. Some part of you is always being challenged to think in a new way according to what this says. And a lot of times we want to just go by our feelings. I don't feel like saying that. I don't feel like doing this and I don't feel like doing that because it doesn't seem real to you because you don't feel it. Now I do want to discuss this because even when we come on a Sunday morning and we're doing praise and worship, you might be in a tough spot in life. You might be. You might be facing a lot of challenges in life. That actually, you know, I work in the pastoral department. I know what some of you face sometimes. It's, it's tough. You lose a job. You're having difficulties at home. All of that can happen to you. But you're, you need to be transformed and renewed to this way of thinking. So when you come on a Sunday morning, and I'll just use this as an example, and you're down here, and they're saying, raise your hands. Raise your hands. You know, it might be hard. It actually might be really, really hard sometimes because really what you feel like doing is crying. You can cry too. Raise your hands and cry too. You know what? I've done that. So what I mean about getting out of your comfort zone is when you don't feel like doing that, just do something different. 
Okay, only raise one hand then. Or if you can only get them here. But do something to get your mind off yourself, to get your mind off your feelings, to get your mind off what's going on, and give him honor and praise because he's the one who died. And he said you don't have to do it on your own. You would never have to be on your own. But you do need to think different. And you need to think more about me. And you need to think about what my word says and get busy doing that. When Pastor Joel was talking about this generation um, being able to see themselves on social media, it's such a weird thing. Uh, not now, it's not weird, but when it first started happening, I was like, whoa. Like, like a, it's just such a foreign concept to me because I didn't... <laughs> I, I grew up with, with a party line. Like, that tells you how old I am. <laughs> so... Like, to be able to see myself, when Adam did a month-long trip in, in, across Europe, like, I, I could talk to him, like, at any time. Like, it, it's just, it's just so, so cool. But then there's this aspect of taking pictures everywhere, and, and Lawrence and I are terrible at this. Like, we've <laughs> given up because we, we look like our, our head's always in. I don't know how you do that. How you go like this and look like you're not even taking your own picture, it's amazing to me. It's an amazing skill. And I don't want a selfie stick. Don't buy me one. <laughs> but one thing that happened, and Javen, you know what? I would get you to put up that picture of me leading prayer, if you have it there. This happened to me when I saw myself on social media. I don't know if you can see that. Sorry. It's a picture of me leading prayer, and Shalina's behind me. And Shalina went and posted that, so I don't know how long she, Shalina's been here, a couple of years, so it hasn't been that long ago. And she posted it on social media, and she just wrote some really kind words to me and said, thank you, you know, for what I'm learning. And, but when I saw myself, something happened on the inside of me. And this is part of the renovating of your mind. There's an aspect of renewing your mind. There's, you can talk to yourself. You can meditate. You can, you know, all of those things, what you hear, what you see, what you tell yourself on the inside, repeating the word, they're all part of renewing your mind. It's all a renovation project. But this is an aspect. <laughs> this is an aspect that was new to me. So when I saw that picture, something, something snapped on the inside of me in a good way. I thought, oh, Lord. I, I'm the prayer leader. I've been the prayer leader here for, I think, about 18 years on Tuesday, Tuesday afternoons. And <laughs> I've been the prayer leader here for that length of time. And, I, and, and to be really honest, I don't think I took it as seriously as what I should have. I took it seriously in the sense that it was my job. And, and I grew up, I mean, you, you just don't, you don't ever quit. I mean, I, and I have a work ethic that my parents instilled in me, like a good work, work ethic, which is good. It's good to be dependable and reliable. If you don't show up somewhere, you don't want someone saying, oh, yeah, they're always like that. You don't want that to be your reputation. So, like... 
I, I did my, my job, and I, you know, I did an okay job. But when I saw that, I saw myself in a different way. It was like how God saw me, like on assignment, like a job placement. And that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about today, about the will of God. Like whatever stage you're in, don't mistreat that stage. Because if you don't pay attention to that stage, then when you get to, to the next place, that's all your eye is on. And when you get there, you won't be ready because you didn't learn what you should have learned on the first step because you weren't taking it seriously. Here, here I am being this prayer leader, and then I saw myself. So who are you? I mean, who are you? Are you, are you just an usher? Are you just a teacher? Are you just a nurse? Or are you, are you growing up in God on assignment, placed by God, called by God? You know, you don't work in the workforce over here and then be the church over here. You are the church, all of you. If you're born again, you're the church. And God has different calls and assignments for all of us. All of us. We're on assignment. And that's what I saw. Pastor John and Ingrid founded this church when I, when I started here, and it was called the Family of Faith Church. And Pastor John asked me to, to lead prayer, so I did, and I just did it. I just did it. And then there were times when Pastor John actually said to me, would you like to preach a, a Sunday? No, thanks. It's not my spot. A part of it was fear. Part of it, though, is because I didn't see that properly. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Like, who you think you are has to be based in what God says you are. Not about what you think you are. You're not just anything. You are born again, called by God to build the church. Some of us will be inside the church. Oh, and I'll do this demonstration now. So I'll have Adam and Colton and... and Marcel and, and June, just come up on this stage for a minute. And just, oh, there you are, June. She's short, too. Okay, I did this on purpose. That's much better. I did this on purpose because inside the church, we're all to build it, all of you. you, you your job, okay, I get to be God in this scenario. <laughs> so I've called you, and I've placed you, and I've given you things. Now here's my measuring cup. This is God, I thought this was a God-sized measuring <laughs> And in this cup is the measure of faith, not not a measure, it's the measure. It's the measuring cup that I give to every person that's born again. Every person gets the same measure. Whether you're working as a nurse, or a teacher, or in a bank, or a tradesman, or inside the church, you are given the measure of faith because you are born again and this is what comes when you get born again. So I'm going to give you the measure of faith. There you go. That's yours. You're welcome. That's yours. 
That's yours. And that's yours. You're welcome. <laughs> now, I also have in Romans 12, now this is all found in Romans 12, all of this. Like, first of all, it's talking about renewing your mind. So now I'm going to give them some instructions, because I get to be God. <laughs> okay, I've called you all, and I've given you the measure of faith, but I've also given different gifts. I've given you a gift, and I've given you a gift, and I've given you a gift, and I've given you a gift. And I've called you to different places in life. Some of you will be at certain places. I picked these people because they're, they're, I'm trying to reach a varied group of people that would be here. I got a lady. Ladies are called, could be called to preach, teach. I, I've got Marcel. He's still in school. And everybody will be asking him, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you graduate? Where are you going? Are you going to school? What are you going to do? Do you know yet? No. no. And half of these people don't know either. <laughs> and then I've, I've gotten June up here because she's retired. But she's still called. So she, are you a broker? Yeah, yeah. I was. She was a broker. She uh, ran a Christian school. I worked for her years and years ago. She's a mother of two. She's, she has a husband. Um, she knows a lot about finance. She's a fantastic teacher of the Bible, teaches at WOW. Um, yeah. And it's okay that she's short. <laughs> and he says amen to that too. Colton, this is Colton, young married man, uh, was working in the oil industry, right? And then felt a call to ministry inside the church. Well, kind of outside, inside. He's uh, working for Youth Unlimited in Sylvan Lake. Runs a uh, skate, well, not just a skate park, but he oversees a skate park. Has Bible studies. Has all kinds of testimonies. And he left his job because he felt that's what he was supposed to do. So he's on a step just that he took. And he also is our youth leader here at the church. Busy, busy guy. And this is Adam Glover, and he is in his final year of education. He left school, uh, took a couple years at school, did some business programs. Um, is that right? Took a year of business program. He laughs because I don't think he was there much. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> um, and, and then did an education program. He also is a tradesman. He's a journeyman pipe fitter. But then he thought, you know what, I don't want to do this. So then he went back to school. And would you think that you're in the will of God at this point as much as you know? Yeah. And he also got involved at church for a while. They were overseeing the young adults for a while. Stepped back from that. But now they're just, he teaches once in a while and his wife is involved with ushering and working in the back. So kind of, kind of looks like everybody in a sense, right? Being called outside of the church is just as much being called inside the church. It's just called. Because there, there is no difference whether you're gathered here or whether you're gathered when you're out working. Or, I mean, not when you're not gathered and you're out working, you're still the church. So you're on assignment. Now, what I would really like you for to do is grow up. <laughs> to the best that you can, I want you to renew your mind. I want you to spend time in my word, and I want you to think like I think. So how I think isn't the way the world thinks. 
I think like giving is the end all. I think that the, the, the more you can give, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about giving because God is generous. I'm just talking about being a giving soul. Just giving. My mind thinks like giving because that's what Jesus is like. He thinks like that. So I want you to renew your mind like that. And I want to show you the next step. So I see that you're faithful, and I know that being faithful is important. And thank you for being faithful. So could you come alongside me a little more and find out, and then I'll give you the next step, and I would like you to do the next step. Fair enough? Okay, well, where you go now. Thank you. Good job. It's not really rocket science, in a sense. I know I'm... I know I'm just presenting one side of the mountain. Javen, can you put that picture up of, of that person climbing the mountain? There you go. Everyone wants to live on top of the mountain, but all the happiness and growth occurs while you're climbing. Climbing the mountain is the will of God. Doing what you're doing every single day is the will of God. If you have wrong attitudes, and you're, you know, you're, you're severely stuck in anger issues, and you've got addiction issues, addiction issues, that's not the will of God. So could you find out how I think? Could you begin to renew your mind to how I think? Because I came to set you free. And by the way, you don't have to earn it. I've done it for you. And this whole earning thing is a whole new way of thinking. How many of you have ever gone out for lunch with somebody and argued with them over paying the bill? <laughs> even though they said to you, even, even when they phoned and said, you know, we want to take you out. I don't know about you, but we have this. So, so they said they'd take us out, but like, you think we should offer to pay? You know, like why could you, why could you not just say, thank you? Do you know that is the voice of faith? When you say to God, thanks for dying for me. Thanks for taking that all away. It allows me to get out of my comfort zone that's on this shelf right here because I don't have to do it all on my own. I do have to prepare. I have to do my part and I have to constantly renew my mind but I'm not alone. You know, because I decided to get out of my comfort zone and allow myself the ability, not the ability, allow myself the, to be able to say yes more often, especially when I knew it was not going to bury me, but it was just going to get me out of my comfort zone to enlarge myself and to enlarge my area. It changed everything about my life. So I, because I did that, I found myself being asked more. Now, isn't that interesting? We just sit and wait for the will of God to fall out of the sky in front of us. I usually ask people who are already helping, just in the natural, because they're already showing faithfulness, and they're already showing willingness. The last thing you want to do is give more and more responsibility to somebody who's, well, I don't think so. Like, we wouldn't do that. We would never hire somebody for a business deal from somebody who's totally unwilling to do what we asked them at the very entry level. Would you? 
Well, God says faithfulness is extremely important. He said faithfulness is actually rewarded right out of the word of God. So I want you to think like I think. Well, God says, I really think a lot about faithfulness. I really reward and exalt faithfulness. Oh, okay. So being faithful must be a good thing. That could be the will of God. (laughs) What do you think about that? could literally be the will of God. So I put myself in these different positions. So then I get asked more and more, like, would you, would you teach on video? Oh, no, 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 no. And out of my mouth came, sure. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm thinking, ah, why do I do this? So I, I didn't even ask Jordy. The last time he asked me to do a video clip, I didn't even ask him where it was going to show up because I thought if I knew that, I probably wouldn't do it. So I just came. I said, what do I need to be prepared for? So he told me. Now, because you're in that position, you want to get better. Now, that's your responsibility. You know what I mean? If you're a teacher, the knowledge usually is not hard to come by. I mean, all you got to do is Google. You can have like 15 reference things at your fingertips. Learning more knowledge is not ever a problem in the day that we live in. It's what do you do with that knowledge? And how do you communicate that knowledge? So the presentation of it and praying in the Holy Spirit and the presentation of how you're going to do it and connecting with your audience, those are all things you have to learn. So as I'm, as I'm doing this, Jordy, we finished one segment videoing and Jordy said you did really well I said thank you and he said you need to smile more I said okay I I wasn't offended by that at all I thought okay I I didn't I didn't know I didn't understand exactly why but I said okay I could do that you know that's part of being in the will of God is being teachable So so I went home and I saw this video clip and I thought oh now I know why he says to smile more I'm so intent, intense, and 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 when you're so now I'm gonna smile more. When when you're watching yourself on video, like all I could think of is why won't you smile? And I was I was watching myself. So while you're on this thing, this step, what are you doing with that? So how do you? My questions to you today are. What phase of the will of God are you in? Not, are you in the will of God? What phase of the will of God are you in? How willing are you? What's your attitude in this phase that you're in? Those are are good questions to ask yourself. What phase are you in? And how faithful are you? If If you were God, would you want to promote you? It's just a question. And if if you were God looking at yourself, what would you think you'd need to improve upon to move up here? And would you be willing? You know, we are teaching this series about growing up. And while we're talking about that, In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we're moving to a Saturday night service. 
So that's going to require me, more of me, personally. I'm okay with that. I, I signed up for that, and I'm actually excited about it. But that's not the destination. Just having a second service is not the destination. The destination is to go beyond these walls, to impact generations for Jesus. You belong here being an actual statement of who we are so that we can help you become established. The lost get saved. The saved get established. And the established get going. What part of that has God called you to? There have been many times over the last few years that people said to me, God has called me to this church, but I don't know why. That's okay. You don't need to know why. You just need to do your first step. If God called you here, then just get busy doing something. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to be everything. But there is a part that you play. If God called you here, there's a reason you're here. It's to be, build the church. And we all saw in Ephesians, you can take that down now, Jamie, but we all saw in Ephesians chapter 4 that it was God's will that we mature. It is God's will that we grow up. So I think I pretty much said it, but I have a statement or two that I got from the Holy Spirit which I will tell you what it is. Because growth, well, just before I say this, all growth happens outside your comfort zone. It's just kind of a, a term that you hear whenever you listen to people who teach on growth. And I know that to be true, but I, I can see it now in the Word, which is really important. You need to see it in the Word. So this statement, because I was talking to God about it, and this statement came right out of my spirit, and I, I thought, oh, I've got to write that down. Because growth is the will of God, you must put yourself in a place and a position to provide growth. Isn't that interesting? Because growth is the will of God, you must put yourself in a place and a position to provide growth. Are you growing? Are you being challenged? If you want more and you want to mature more, you must be in a different place. You must do something different in your life if you want something different in your life. Because what you currently have is based on what you're currently doing. And in order for change to come, you must be doing something different than what you're currently doing. Kind of makes sense, right? So because growth is the will of God, you must put yourself in a place and a position to provide for that growth. We've been all given the measure of faith, all of us, everybody in this room, so when I had those four up, up here, it would also be prudent for me to say, now don't argue about the gifts. <laughs> You've all got the measure of faith. You're going to need faith. You, the just shall live by faith. You will need faith. 
Every day, you need faith. Go out in the world, every day you need faith. You need to live by that faith. But don't argue amongst yourself, why do I have to do this? I gave you these gifts, I gave you these abilities. You know, and I think a certain way, I have gifts and abilities that are different than everybody else's. And I think that other people think like me, and they don't. <laughs> so when I had that picture up there of climbing up the mountain, I'm climbing up on my little path. I can't see the other side of the mountain. That's why we're mutually dependent on each other. And that's why sometimes you need to put yourself in a different place in life because you need their thoughts. It may not even have anything to do about the job. I just like working with certain people because they think different than, differently than me, and I want to know why, and I want to know how, and what should I be thinking about because I don't think that way, and I need to be challenged. I need to, I need to have more than just my own thought. And that's why Pastor Joel has a team around him, and we, none of us think the same. And we're okay with that because it challenges us to be more. So we need to be faithful in what we're doing. And remember that you're the church. Today you assembled. You might be called in the, in the world system to be a leader in an education realm or, or in a medical realm or in a political realm, or you may be called as a pastor of this church, but you're the church. And all of us together are building this church and we're going to advance it. And we're going to provide more opportunities to train more generations of leaders who will want to come on Saturday night. And that's not, that's not the destination. The destination is to do whatever. We'll be doing more things with social media. We'll be putting Bible studies in the future and stuff on social media. You know, whatever we need to do to reach a generation who doesn't know God, they don't know who Jesus is and they need to know he died for them. They need to know that their works don't matter. You can just come into the kingdom and then find your place. I just kind of wanted to show you how, what I see when I'm climbing my side of the mountain and I see the will of God as doing what's in your hand at the moment. And that, if you remember back, I don't know if you were here during the transition service, but Marty Blackwelder spoke to us, and he, said, he actually said that, whatever you find in your hand, just do what's in your hand. And actually, the more I concentrate on that and just knowing God and spending time in God's presence, I just find myself moving up, Moving up, moving up. Yeah, from glory to glory, not so much just seeking a destination, but becoming, becoming a mature person. Becoming a mature person. It's really embarrassing when you're in your 50s and you stomp down the hallway and slam the door. <laughs> I didn't do that. But sometimes I feel like that on the inside. You know, we, we let our kids go out on the playground and we have no problem saying, no, you have to share. It's not just yours. And please don't push them on the ground anymore. <laughs> and yet, you know, really realistically, 
That's kind of what God is saying to us. I know you're really comfortable, but you need to share. You need to share the word. You need to make room for the people that are coming. You need to help to, to provide them a hospitable environment. You need to be greeting them at the door. I need you to think a little less about yourself, which is Pastor Joel has been challenging us to do, which is what? Growing up. And that is, literally is, the will of God. So, I, so there, I really, I really need to work on my endings. <laughs> Thank you.